You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Rob Stark was made redundant in March last year. At the time, it was sudden and unexpected, but it also gave him an opportunity he might not otherwise have had. As a father of two young children, he found himself back at home with his kids. He wrote about his experiences for SBS, and I thought it was quite a unique perspective on fatherhood and the expectations we have of men in this country in particular. Hi, Rob. How are you? Good, Javon. How are you going? Good, thank you. We do know now that you are re-employed. You have a job now, but you were redundant. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, you. you were made redundant in March last year, which was a very crazy time where many men, I imagine, and women were losing their work or being made redundant. Mm. How did you yeah. feel when it actually happened? Oh, it was it was a real like, combination of feelings, really. I... And look, as, as you know, and as I've written about elsewhere, I, I never really thought I'd placed a lot of stock in work to fill out my identity, but I couldn't help but feel like a bit of a failure, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think partly that was just at an individual level as, you know, someone who, you know, I'm not trying to have a super stellar, you know, high-flying career, but I'm trying to have one that's of meaning and purpose and substance. So to end up in that position I had a sort of a reactive feeling of, of failure that I'd done something wrong and that it was a reflection on my character and skills and ability. Um, and I guess there's also that added level of uh, you feels like you're placing an additional burden on your family, particularly my wife, Julia, who was then, you know, for the next seven months was the sole breadwinner. Um, and, you know, we've been really good as a couple at, at trying to split parenting as equitably as we can um, and it was terrific that she was able to then fully focus on on work. But you know, part of you can't help but think you're you're adding some some burden to to their shoulders as well. And what about societal expectations? Because we always sort of think, you know, that's not going to play a part on me. What's important is my relationship with my wife and my family. Um, but how about your peers and other people you knew? Did you feel any kind of, I don't know, expectation that you as the man in the household should be the breadwinner that, you know, should get right back on the horse and get out there working again? Yeah. Yeah, look, that that was definitely something that came through fairly clearly in discussions with friends, neighbours, former colleagues, all the all the rest of it. And I think it's one of those things where, like with many, I think, you know, I'm just one voice, but I think like with a lot of things in the parenting world, there are conversations that are well-meaning and well-intentioned. It was just people talking to me about the situation I found myself in, but it comes with a, a bias and an expectation. And yeah, absolutely. For several months, one of the first questions people would ask is, so when are you going back to work? Um, it was just a natural reactive question. I totally understand why people would say it. I didn't get the yips or get offended by it. But there is still this expectation that, oh, well, this is a blip. This is clearly something temporary. And when are you back at it? And presumably, very quickly, you're looking back for work. And I think that's partly around, you know, that sense that men are uh, breadwinners and, and are always employed and don't stay at home too often. And I think it's also 
probably partly the reality of that, you know, for so many families, you've got to have two working parents to, to, to get by in this country at the moment. So look, it, it did happen a lot. I guess I felt a somewhat awkwardness in saying to people, well, actually, I'm going to, I've drawn a line under looking for work for a few months and I am fully focused on home life and letting Julia sort of kick butt in her career. And I think that reaction surprises people and surprised people when, when I was talking about it. And you do, you know, I, I, I loved that, that additional time at home, but you do kind of feel sheepish. You know, again, it's that sense of, well, I'm an adult, I'm a working age, I should be back there, I guess. But um, you still feel that awkwardness of talking about it. And I think, you know, fairly for a lot of people too, no one really knows how to talk to someone who's been dealing with redundancy because um, it is a sensitive issue for everyone in, in different levels. So you, you do end up tippy-toeing around it. So look, I didn't end up talking a lot about it very openly with a, a lot of people because um, you just find it a very tricky subject to broach. What I did find interesting in your article that you wrote for SBS was the sense of pride you were able to take in the work that you did at home. So you wrote mm. about um, being satisfied with having your family come home to a clean house, to cooking meals for your children, and, and also, as you just mentioned there, your wife being able to excel in her career while you took care of the home front. Do you think that that feeling would have persisted had you kept doing that? Just speaking as someone who doesn't really like cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> Look, I think it would have, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, I was I was in a pretty, pretty low point, you know, when I was redundant. I know mental health-wise, I was probably dealing with, um, a good good dose of depression. Um, I'm someone who deals with anxiety, have my whole life. That's, that's nothing new. But there was certainly, you know, in a tough spot when I was redundant. And those months at home, not only was it fantastic bonding time with the kids and, they, you know, precious, precious time when they're still super young, that all, well, unlikely to get again. But it really did help me find my sort of sense of, of value and, and self-worth again. And it reminded me, very clearly every day, you know, what was fundamentally important to me as a person and, and in our family. So I actually was coming into sort of months six and seven of being at home, really loving it and really enjoying, as you said, those things of keeping the house going, you know, carrying a bit more of that mental load of, of household management and, and keeping things going well for the family. But I was really enjoying it. And I did say to Julia a few times, I'm like, if we could swing it, I would happily do this for a lot longer. <laughs> I was I was really enjoying it. Um, and I'm look, I've somewhat I've probably got a bit of an OCD streak in me as well. So I do love seeing the house go from being a complete bomb site to being <laughs> relatively neat and tidy. I, you know, I spent a, a, a few big days, you know, cleaning out bookshelves and cupboards and, you know, all that stuff you never get to when you're working. And I really, I really liked that. And I get to those other house projects so that I, I did personally feel I'm making our, our space a little bit cleaner, a bit tidier. I'm, I'm creating a bit more space for the kids to play in. And we're doing things a bit differently. And, and I did feel that, um, that sense of um, of value at home. I know it's not the same for everyone. You know, some some people, and I think Julia Fairley would go stir crazy if she was at home for that long at this point in her career. But I really did enjoy it, and it really helped me find a sense of confidence again, just as a, as an individual contributing to those closest around me. The other thing I find really interesting about that is I strongly believe that for every family to run in a 
healthy and relaxed manner, we should have one parent at home. And when I say that, it is with the absolute acceptance that hardly anyone can afford to do that. And in my family as well, but whenever there's been one adult at home, it is so much easier. I don't know how we manage to get into this place where both parents are working, most parents are working full time, and yet we're still trying to balance having this full family life, which, yeah, which brings yeah. us to your um, latest job. Your job now, you are working a four-day week. Mm-hmm. Was it difficult to get your employer to agree to that? Um, no, look, ultimately it wasn't, but it did involve discussions, like conversations, and I guess what I've tried to learn over the last few years since becoming a parent and trying to find flexible workplaces and, and part-time jobs is to, what, what I've really learned is to be clear with your expectations up front. Um, and I think, you know, the first time I went from full-time to part-time work, I didn't know what was involved and I probably didn't do the homework enough. So now that I've, you know, got a daughter who's soon to turn six and I've been at this for a few more years, I just knew that I liked the workplace. I liked the culture. Um, the policies on paper were really strong, but I just knew you have to have that conversation off the paper. Like, okay, tell me how your place does operate. Like, what are the expectations and demands and what are the challenges that come along and how realistic is it for both of us, you as an employer and me as a potential employee, how realistic is it to do four days and draw some boundaries? And it was in having those conversations. This is really during the interview process, having those conversations in my employer were great and taking the time because I hadn't got the job yet. They were actually taking the time to talk me through it. And that gave me the sense of confidence that we were both putting our cards on the table when I was like, this is important to me. And it's, it really is important to me for the next couple of years, at least while my kids are still young. Um, but I understand that this is also an organization that needs to run on its own objectives and mission. So how does that fit? And I think we came to a really good, you know, I'm now what, five months into the job. So it's still early days, but I feel like a really good compromise and a good a good agreement about what I was looking for and what they needed in in an employee. And I think that was a huge lesson for me that I wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago if I was looking for a new job. I would have just said, oh, great, yep, that's good, four days, that's fine. But I actually, we tried to step it through a bit and that was enormously helpful. And I guess that gave me a feeling of support. So as I came into a busy job with lots going on and, you know, the usual thing of trying to get your head around things whilst also working remotely and dealing with COVID and everything, that there was that sense of support and also mutual understanding and, and agreement to what we were venturing into in a new arrangement. So uh, that's just, uh, to me, was a big learning lesson um, is to, to really have that upfront conversation and be clear about expectations on both sides. And then I think things might not always be silky smooth after that, but you can manage them better because you're going to be starting on the same plane with each other. COVID has changed the way a lot of us work, but as we go into the third year, I think what I have noticed both from my own experience and from a lot of the people around me is that the burden of domestic labour hasn't necessarily spread even while both partners are at home. So the gender divide still exists, probably not in your house, but um, (laughs) in other homes, it still exists in that uh, women working from home will find themselves helping out with homework, doing the washing, uh, doing all those domestic chores that you have taken so much pride in during your redundancy and probably on the weekends now. 
that that's still falling on women and women are struggling yep. with the working from home situation as much as it does allow for flexibility. What would you say to dads about being more involved in that side of family life? Like not, not just the fun times of taking the kids out yeah. to the park, but while many of us are, many of us have both parents working at home, what would you say to them about, you know, getting in and getting involved with that domestic side? Yeah, look, I, I agree with you on all that, Siobhan, and I think that's been one of the saddest realities of the last two years is we just haven't made those big gains, in, you know, that we've seen in the research in terms of more equal sort of household management and parenting. But I'd say to dads that, you know, if we can't find more flexible ways to work and correspondingly do more at home now, then when can we? I mean, this is... It, I don't think anything is set in stone in terms of the impact of COVID. I think we have this great opportunity to change and recalibrate the way we think about work, we think about men's role at work and at home, but it's not going to happen without sort of men sticking up their hand and, and, and doing and doing things differently, you know, talking to work about readjusting their expectations for being in the office and hours and flexible work and all the rest of it. Um, I, I hope that for a lot of men... You know, and not every, not all men can work from home at the moment or work remotely. I absolutely take that as well. But for those that have had the opportunity to work from home, that I hope that at least there's a greater and a deeper appreciation of all that is entailed in that home life. Uh, I think that's a great start. If we can at least drop the veil a bit about what it takes to run a house at home during the week when, when one partner might be in an office or elsewhere, I think having a greater appreciation. But to me, the next, the next step is the, the most critical one, and that's men taking the initiative on the, for themselves to look around, to look at their partner, to look at their kids and look around the house and go, right, what more can I possibly be responsible for and do proactively um, that I'm not doing now? And obviously it takes conversations with partners, but I think this is the big, um, the big potential gain in terms of making parenting and, and home management, you know, more equitable is, is men taking on more of the mental load, which for me means taking the initiative. You know, it is, really helpful and it's really great if a, a father or a husband is going and getting the to-do list on you know the weekend and ticking things off steadily what is better i think personally is that that person taking responsibility and leading the running of the household and saying i'm going to be responsible proactively for this part of the family's routine whether it's the school enrollment staff or getting the groceries you know delivered from woolies or carls or whatever it is but just taking the initiative and not sort of turning to someone and saying, what do you want me to do next or what can I do or needing to be chased? And I think that's the big thing I would love dads to do more of is to go, I'm just going to take charge of these things, take those burdens away or those responsibilities off my partner's shoulder and just run with them myself. Uh, and I think that's where I hope we're going to get to maybe in the next couple of years is taking that initiative. And to me, that's such a big part of the mental load, right, is mm. you don't need to be told what to do. You're not asking them what to do next. That's still putting the burden on your partner's shoulders to be always looking a few steps ahead, thinking what's coming up. It's it's running those things equitably. And look, as, I've, as you've heard me say before, as I said in my book, you know, there's absolutely nothing that a dad can't do for their kids apart from breastfeed and give birth to them. Everything else, they are completely capable of doing and doing extremely well and being very tender and attentive in doing it. So I'm really hoping we can move men to be proactive, you know, taking the initiative, um, seeing themselves too as co-pilots in parenting and not as a sideshow or I'm just the breadwinner that earns the big paycheck and the rest I leave to others, you know, 
knowing in themselves they have the confidence to be like, I'm a co-pilot in this parenting journey. I'm not just a worker. And that also means I'm going to be um, taking initiative for things on the home front that, that suit my family. Mm. Well, in that, you are a true feminist, Rob Stark. Thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> no, absolute pleasure. Thanks, Siobhan. That's Rob Stark. He has also written a book called Man Raises Boy. And if you're interested in reading more of Rob's thoughts, I'll put a link to that book in the notes of this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.